Haven't Seen It with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today, this is Tommy. Yeah. This thing, like a childhood iconic staple <laughs> of the 90s. And we were literally just talking about before we recorded, like, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire is PG 13. Like, that's odd. You wouldn't that's, expect it. Because, <laughs> like, I like my parents my, would not show me PG 13 movies when I was a kid. Oof. Uh, but I definitely yeah. saw Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> when I was a kid. And you're yeah. like on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, yeah, I was watching South Park when I was two. And <laughs> well, this is the difference between being the youngest and being the oldest. You're the oldest. I'm the youngest. So for me, my parents were like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. We'll just uh, my dad took me to go see Black Hawk Down when I was in second grade in theaters. <laughs> that, that's how different it was for, for the two of us. Um, but somehow, you know, even though I watched a lot of Robin Williams movies, I mean, I watched Jumanji all the time when I was a kid. Somehow never got around to Mrs. Doubtfire. I tried watching this twice before, and I passed out, not because of the movie, but because I decided to watch it at midnight, and that uh, was a recipe for me to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, and we'll dive more into it. It's, it's more, like, serious than I remember, because you just remember yeah. all, like, the light, whimsical parts as a kid. Uh, and some pretty clever jokes in there, too, that, like, definitely went over my head, head as a... Uh, as a ch- as a child uh but tommy you know as we always kick it off well happy thanksgiving to everybody a little bit delayed yep. there i actually got to see tommy in the flesh this past weekend it was very nice to catch yeah. up with him uh, we got some nice photos for instagram <laughs> got some nice photos for instagram uh is there any movies that you have watched uh in these past two weeks uh that you'd like to yeah so uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I uh, got to see a double feature, took the day off from work at PTO, and I did a double feature of the two holiday slashers that just came out. It's a Wonderful Knife with Justin Long and Thanksgiving, the Eli Roth movie. Uh, both were fun. Thanksgiving especially was probably the best movie that Eli Roth has ever done. He's really suited towards that really grindhouse like 80s slasher vibe. And for once, he had characters that weren't extremely grating and annoying, and somehow it worked. So definitely recommend checking it out if you like the slashers. <laughs> Nice. Thank you. Yeah, I've never seen an Eli Roth movie. I've heard they're like violently graphic. You would not like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably makes the Evil Dead remake feel like a child's film from what I, from yeah. what I understand. Like there's one with like cannibals on an island and I'm just like yeah, yeah like, I got no I got no interest, man. I got no interest. Oh, it, they're movies that like generally he just does not have a lot of substance on the bones, but this one was fun and I mean it just really He's really sued for that. I mean, the Grindhouse trailer was a classic when that came out like 15 years ago. Um, Which one? And I'm glad to see, uh, when they did the Grindhouse movie of Quentin Tarantino and Rob Rodriguez had all those fake trailers. Mm-hmm. One of the fake trailers was Thanksgiving. Uh, so oh really? Oh okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh okay, so yeah, that he yeah. made a fake the fake trailer that Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez made. He just made it into a feature well he he directed the trailer himself but still <laughs> yeah 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 i got it. Yeah. i got you but um yeah. yeah that's funny do you know it's an interesting movie choice that i picked recently it's a movie i don't think i've watched since a minimum high school um pulp fiction <laughs> no no uh it was spider-man 2 oh the toby mcguire one yeah toby mcguire one haven't watched still holds up still holds up it's like better than most comic book movies today because it's just like kind of fun and not taking itself seriously and just so stylized and like 
like it's either super dour and depressing or super in like the current inch and it was just a fun like change of pace throwing it up there hadn't watched a comic book movie since oh guardians three i guess in theaters probably yeah. the last one <laughs> I, I watched uh but i was like stumbling through it's all they're all on disney plus i was like stumbling through them and i was like huh yeah, I that's a, a I haven't seen this one in a while. I'm, I'm going to throw this one on, and uh, it was an enjoyable experience. Uh, it, it's it's one thing that's great about Spider-Man 2. I rewatched it uh, when No Way Home came out um, a couple years ago, and it's just amazing that, like, you know, direct Sam Raimi's all over that movie, his directorial style, and you mm-hmm. don't really see that as much in superhero movies these days. I mean, you always hear how, like, you know, they tell, like, the directors, like, oh, like, don't worry about the action. We'll stick. We'll do the action. You just yeah. focus on well, like, the dialogue. That's because <laughs> they they literally use com- AI and computers to just stage everything out because uh, mm. it's got to be a universe. Because um, even Sam Raimi's MCU movie like has some of his style in there. Like it's in it's there very movie. Sam Raimi light. <laughs> it's it's like the light version. It's it's like yeah. uh, it's like a Diet Coke uh, versus a regular. But yeah, it's a great movie i'm sure most people listening have seen that at one point or another uh as is another movie we're covering here is mrs doubtfire look at me right now money penny want to undo that bow and get to know you yes for an out-of-work actor who wants to be close to his kids could you make me a woman i'm so happy this isn't just a job it's the role of a lifetime Ah! i thought it's not here Robin Williams. Her first year's a woman. I'm getting hot flashes. Mrs. Doubtfire. Back off! Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 24th at theaters everywhere. Yeah, so I, I didn't remember this movie being, like, this kind of insane, you know? I guess it just makes yeah. a lot more sense when you're, like, a kid. Um, because, mm. like, the movie starts off with him doing, like, his voices. And I, I think that's, like, the highlight of the movie is just you get to hear robin williams do his best mel blanc you know the man of a thousand (laughs) voices um just really expressing his reign but range as a performer comedic performer and then also honing it in and being like very dramatic and sincere at points uh, which is like a good uh first step into where he you know his career ends up in the late 90s with uh goodwill hunting resulting in him winning an academy award um, but Tommy, for you, first impressions of, of Mrs. Doubtfire, what did you uh what did you think of the the film? I liked I liked it um I thought it was a very charming movie. I expected it to be a little more like funny, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um there's there's a good balance. I mean, I think uh the, the drama didn't like derail it or anything like that, but I expected, you know, hearing Mrs. Doubtfire over the years, how many people love it, I thought it was gonna be like one of the funniest movies I've seen. And maybe my, my hype was a little bit too much right there. But I mean, Ron Williams in general is just really good. I mean, like, like you said, that opening scene of him doing the essentially voice voiceover male Blanc thing was great. And like, you wish that we had more runs of Ron Williams doing animated voices outside the genie and like Ferngoli, I think. And what is he in robots? <laughs> Those are the only yeah. things I could think of. He just had such a talent. And like, it, basically, this movie is just him practically like you know ripping a line of coke and then just going off and just going from there that's how ron williams energy always was (laughs) yeah i don't think that's him in this era but he you know really has that like comedy honed manic energy that manic energy honed in um 
Yeah, and and like this movie's insane. Like, cause I it's been or maybe closer to twenty years since I last saw it. Probably more on that side than ten years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, it starts off with him doing the voices, and then um, he's he quits because there's a cartoon smoking a cigarette, and he has to take this moral stance, which feels weird because like his character kind of lives in the gray area, if you will, especially yeah. during the dinner scene in the end and for him to get all yeah. hoity-toity about it. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, and then he picks up the kids from uh, school and then uh, he's it's like one of the kids' birthdays and then he just, it's like, we'll have a surprise party even though you got grounded. It's okay, come on. And then yeah. he just like, he just invites everybody over and has like live animals running around and I'm like, this woman's 100% right for divorcing this guy. Are you <laughs> kidding? You have a horse running around yeah. your house. It is one of those things that's just like, when, you, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, like, how could Sally Field do all this to Robin Williams or anything? I imagine when like you watch a movie as a kid. And nowadays as an adult, you're like, this guy's just like a jackass. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, it's one of those where I was just like, I'm like, I'm literally watching it and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I get it. Like I, I get, I get it. I, also, I just like since I've last seen it, like I completely forgot that Sally Field was in it. I completely forgot that yeah. Pierce Brosnan was in it. I was like, whoa, whoa, hey! Like I was as surprised as Sally Field one was when Pierce Brosnan walks into the office, and it was very weird. Like I felt like one of the weird things too, like watching it as an adult was like the like the relationship between Pierce Brosnan uh who is uh who plays uh Stuart who's like dating mm-hmm. Sally Field but it like they were but it wasn't like super clear if they were doing it as like fr- friends it was very like non-committal in one way or another and like there were lines with Mrs. Dalfire being like oh no once you divorce your husband you never want to, you're never gonna, you gotta leave the loins there. Yeah, no, once your husband's gone, that's it. Um, and like the dress scene with the daughters and he, she pulls off like a dress and it's like, oh, that's from like 1976 at my aunt's funeral. I'm, I'm not going to wear this to my birthday dinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's just like, it, there, there's like a, there's a thin line with this movie where like this movie came out uh, 30 years ago last week uh, at the time of recording, which is why we're covering. And it's very clear that a movie like this with this premise could easily just like age completely poorly and be like, oh, this is just all dumb jokes. Like I remember I watched that movie Sorority Boys. Uh, which is like some stupid like mid two thousands fucking like movie where like guys are like oh we're That's, gonna go dress that up as girls like, that sounds like a like a boner movie that was yeah literally to DVD that just had yeah. like thirty seconds of boobs and like that's and, how they made their money yeah yeah it was awful and like I remember watching this I was just like Jesus Christ and, and like all the jokes just clearly have not aged like well whatsoever and like there's a creepy undercurrent and this movie i'd say for the most part doesn't really have that creepy undercurrent that some of these like oh, like cross-dressing movies can have you know yeah and kind of in that tootsie sense too i mean it does <clears throat> and it doesn't right like it plays it off in this like just childhood whimsical sense of um uh you know it, it like it, robin williams is just like he's really is just one of like those entertainers that just like oh age is like fine wine uh yeah and just thankful that you had like a one in a million person be able to be put into this position um, mm-hmm. where like, 
you genuinely do believe. I feel like at least in the first 15 minutes of this movie, it's really just setting up that like Daniel Hillard like truly loves his kids, like mm-hmm. not in a creepy way, just in a like he's a father, these are his children and he would do anything for them. Like you really do get that sense about him and that his kids feel the same way about him and you know, he's down, you know, he gets divorced, he quit his job the same day he gets divorced. Uh yeah. And, you know, down on his luck, like in a rundown apartment. Um, and just wanting a way to be able to watch his kids uh every week. They, they really depict the divorced dad lifestyle really well. Uh, have you seen those <laughs> those Instagram reels of the guy who opens the divorced dad starter packs? They're so funny. Yeah. I gotta send you those where it's just like <laughs> just like on, shitty let apartment me get or let me get let me get the house. Let me get the house. Hole in the yeah, wall, exactly. but it's a it's a it's a it's a shiny one. Uh, but yeah, he Robin was it's 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 this weird line where you just go like there's a point where um after Mrs. Doubtfire has really influenced him with and kind of taken over even his personal life, like where he's cooking the kids mm. dinner now, the house is is like his apartment's fully clean now, and like uh, Miranda Sally Field walks in and she's like, oh wow this this place looks great like this looks fantastic um and it's like yeah if you had just like done that and then been like hey why don't i just watch the kids while you're still working she probably would have been like okay yeah like this is fine but like she walks into his apartment at the beginning when they're eating like old chinese food and and he's got like apple computer boxes on his couch and just like leftover boxes everywhere it was a mess is is one of those things that like you know like you said like he could have easily just been doing that throughout the whole marriage and they would have been fine but at, by the end of the movie i mean like they obviously don't resolve it i think that the parents stay separated but they don't really like make it clear they don't be like yeah i'm still hooking up with pierce brosnan or ever like you know fuck off wrong lines but they have like an amicable kind of thing i think and, yeah and, like, they def- break up by the end yeah, and that was like literally the message of like the last scene where because you know basically the if you've never seen mrs doubtfire or if you were like myself and had kind of forgotten a good chunk of this movie um uh robin williams takes a job just like sending out film reels to different cities at this children's production company and the owner catches him playing with dinosaurs and he has a dinner meeting but also it's miranda's birthday and they mrs doubtfire is now a big part of the family and they're yeah. having dinner at the same restaurant at the same time at 7 p.m. It's like a classic sitcom setup. <laughs> classic sitcom setup. And Robin Williams trying to make both sides work. Um, yeah. And then, like, you really see his devious side come out where he, he tries to poison Pierce Brosnan and, like, put the sauce in the food that he's, like, allergic to. Like, Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, don't put pepper. I can't have pepper. And he's like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> he realizes yeah, how much he yeah, fucks up. But he starts the movie off by being like, I can't work on this production because of smoking. Although they're, th- at the beginning, a really good line of being like, what does the production cast think about no cigarettes? And, like, they look over and everybody in the booth is smoking. He's like, ah, I got a rigged jury. It's like, yeah, that's clever. That's a line, like, as a kid, would not have gotten whatsoever. But as an adult, yeah. I'm like, that's well, it's it's one of the well, things that's great about Ron Williams being the star of this movie compared to like you know other movies like uh, of this vein because Ron Williams just improv a crap ton. Apparently, Christopher Columbus, who directed this movie, said that um, they shot this film with multiple cameras at once, like a documentary, just to capture everyone in the cast, like uh, the reaction that Williams just going off 
and off and off. Apparently, like he said, uh, Christopher Columbus said in the past that like they uh, Williams improvised so goddamn much that there's a PG cut, there's a PG thirteen cut, and there's an R rated cut. <laughs> so that's what we need to see. We we got the Snyder cut. Let's see the Rob Williams R rated cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> that that would be funny. Um, but then there's there's also the uh, what, what's it called the. Uh the r an r-rated cut of mrs doubtfire because like i'm just baffled this movie's pg-13 to be completely (laughs) honest with you still at this point but yeah i believe that and then there's the scene when he meets with the um with the appointed uh clerk for the divorce situation and Mm -hmm. it's literally just a cut montage of him improvising jokes at the lady and then him being like i guess i'm not funny you didn't even break once and i'm like you just know they just kind of sat back let the camera roll for roughly an hour or so yeah and just like let him do his thing like there was just in the script it's... it just said robin improvises this part. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly there's so many like movies like that where like there's like oh like whatever i remember on scrubs they said that with the janitor like his script would be sometimes the janitor would do something funny and i gotta imagine that's exactly like this movie um it's a shame that we never got ron williams to work with like judd apatow for someone who's known heavily for improv because could, same thing. Like, apparently, Judd Apatow, he just shoot for hours and hours and hours and just on set, just throw lines and just like, okay, do the scripted version first, then do the uh, like all your improv shit. If Ron Williams, that would have been a great combo. <laughs> I maybe I I don't know why, and it's just uh, like Judd Apatow movies and Robin Williams movies. Like, I don't know. I think Robin Williams is because I Judd Apatow movies are typically very ensemble based, and Robin Williams is very much a star like he very Mm. much just absorbs the screen time and like i like because it is kind of like well why wouldn't they be it seems like a match made in heaven but to me i'm going like well maybe he's just like he would just be too big for the style of movies that that judd apatow makes you'd have to do like a one seat heat check where it's just like yeah it would would have to be it would have to be a complete like yeah i was about to say literally it need to be a robin williams heat check if if anything was going to happen uh but yeah, I, I I don't I like I don't know why I just don't like I'm like thinking of Judd Apatow movies, which are some of the funniest movies you know ever made, and I'm just like I don't see him in here. Like he, I, he you'd see him as like the father of a character or something like that, uh, showing up like when Harold Ramis showed up for a scene and knocked up or something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah. you know he's just he's so big and like full of life, and like Apatow movies generally generally don't like have that like manic bowling ball energy so Mm. like i just wonder if there would just be really like a tonal conflict there i mean we'll never really know until some genius uh has an ai program and it's just like i made a robin williams john apatow movie um and then and then we all yeah just (laughs) give our life over to to the robots and and leave any critical thought yeah it's, it's so funny like the fucking chuds on twitter that are like oh like i improved this artwork uh through ai and it's just like fuck off no you didn't so with mrs doubtfire how convinced do you think the makeup was because <laughs> you could easily see this go towards like the rest of the development version when they do the uh, mrs featherbottom yeah and, every, and everybody and everybody knows that it's and like immediately it's like oh that's tobias like well, come on what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like if a, the house has never been cleaner. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's one of those where the movie's so enjoyable throughout, and you generally, genuinely feel the like compassion of this man with his children 
like towards his children and that it's like a true sense of this character's identity that he's you could pop a bubble in every single movie ever made in terms of like where's the line want to be logic bomb or ever yeah yeah if you wanted to like logic bomb it i only logic bomb it where it's just when it's when the movies are just like implausible it's like this is the whole plot of the movie Right. Well, and, then, and they yeah. set it up with a professional makeup artist like doing it like you didn't go to a Halloween store, get a wig and like a little lipstick and show up at the door. And and everybody was like, no, no. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're Mrs. Doubtfire. You don't really look like dad at all, actually, now that you now that you say it. Yeah, and I, I think like the joke of like Arrested Development was that Tobias didn't put in the extra effort that Ron Williams did. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 um, percent. That's like yeah. it's literally half the joke. Uh, yeah, that's only half the joke. Well, apparently the uh, the makeup took like Ron Williams four hours a day to apply, and when the movie was like just about to start, uh, he Ron Williams went through San Francisco dressed in his full Mrs. Doubtfire makeup and costume, and he went to a sex shop and bought like fucking like a dildo and like adult books or something like that, and no one recognized him. And he's like, "All right, this works. This this is fucking great." No one even knew that, that is a good I, Rob... that yeah, is a good, that's a good litmus test. <laughs> it's a good litmus test, and it's one of those where, um. Like, because the other thing was like I had forgotten the sequence of when he makes the calls to to Miranda to get the job, and he does like seven different voices beforehand. And that was obviously just hey, just let Robin improv it <laughs> uh, kind of sequence. Because I was just like, isn't Sally Field just gonna realize that like it's her husband just like pranking her at this point? And like then it comes in like, okay, now for the breadwinner here, right? uh to, to come in with mrs doubtfire um but yeah because it's like a very interesting character where she he she improves both of their lives right like the family's mm-hmm. life and it also improves like robin williams life like it puts him in a position where he ends up with a tv show that does become mrs doubtfire um and then also just like in terms of his personal life like he can cook now like his apartment's clean right like just doing genuinely better because of her so it makes it like a very interesting figure of like somebody that really couldn't be real right mrs doubtfire becoming um like just at least improving somebody it's like the don draper conundrum of like yeah everybody wants to be don draper but we're all pete campbell but like everybody would love to act and be mrs doubtfire but not even mrs doubtfire can be mrs doubtfire at at all times it was, it was just a good balance in general, just showing just like, you know, she's not perfect, but um, as much as you seem like the super nanny right at the start. Yeah. You, do you think that the super nanny producers were just like, what was that movie 10 years ago? Uh, <laughs> doubt, doubt, oh, thunder, doubt Thunder, something? Yeah. Mrs. Doubt, Mrs. Doubt, doubt. Miss Doubt Thunder, yeah, the, with the nanny, yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we just find women that are that and then we just give them the worst children possible? Oh God, it's a shame to admit that I used to watch that show all the time when I was in like fucking middle school growing up with my mom. <laughs> we just watched like all these like random shows of like the, the, the Nanny 911, um, Super Nanny, all the fucking stupid bullshit. <laughs> the na- the Nanny 911. Uh, oh, that's like a major throwback uh, that I yeah. did not. I did not recall that <laughs> show existing. Um, yeah. But- 
But yeah, so for you, what was your favorite moment of Robin Williams just kind of being Robin Williams? Like, because there's just a lot of those little sequences in the movie, and we've mentioned a good amount of them. But like, what for you kind of stood out in terms of his like improvisational um, prowess? I think him just like uh, when he's at the pool of Pierce Brosnan. Um, Pierce Brosnan is great in this movie. I mean, like this is one of his first like big uh, movie roles because like before he's really known for Remy and Steel. This is like two years before James Bond. Yeah. Um. So he just had to play hot, charming guy, and he played that well uh, role very well, which is why he got James Bond probably. <laughs> he does it. No, well, no. Act. Fun fact that they actually wanted him to be James Bond for the uh, Timothy. Timothy Dalton Bond. there, yeah, I forgot about the, that. Yeah. The Dalton, they they wanted to cast him originally then, but he was under contracts for the Living Daylights or one of one of those. No, it was uh, Remington Steel. Living Daylights is a Bond film. <laughs> oh wow! Really... Why? The, why does that sound like a soap opera? It does sound like a fucking soap opera. I'm pretty sure Living Daylights. Is... Oh, I'm thinking Day of. I'm thinking Days of Our Life. I I don't watch soap operas. I don't know. The um, Living Daylights is the Bond movie that Timothy Dalton starred started. <laughs> <laughs> right there, right there. But listen, but anyways, listen. But, it's but, not going to come off like that was intentional. But I just want you to know, it was one hundred percent intentional. Um, but yeah, like they couldn't <laughs> get him. They couldn't get him for that. And then the Tim, both the Timothy Dalton movies like bombed. And then like they took that was like the longest Bond hiatus until the most recent one because of COVID. Um, mm. And then they kind of refreshed it with Goldeneye, which you've seen that one, so, right? Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> Great game, great, great show. Um, great, great anyways, show, but or great movie, rather. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, so going back to the scene where like he's at the pool and Ron Williams just going off, just be like, Oh, he's a little big right there, or like, uh, like just going off and throwing fruit at him. He's like, Oh, it's a run by fruit, uh, fruit stand run or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it's one of those where like Pierce Brosnan's character is very one dimensional, where it's like you like and it's very weird like they typically like they don't really give you a reason to hate him i guess it's like that little bit where he's like yeah the dad's just a loser and it's like well yeah the dad is kind of a loser in this scenario here uh um, he's not wrong he's, you can he's, expect like a yeah. stupid cliche movie would make it just like that pierce brosnan just like some egotistical jackass and the end of the movie is him and sally field getting back together ron williams and sally field getting back together because like oh like how could you date like this pretty boy that's just like is shallow and vapid and no like this guy's like yeah you know i didn't like i didn't want kids before but you know i'm getting older and like you know time to you know it's either that or i'm alone so yeah and that's a very that's a very real life sentence that people say to themselves and it's not often in these kind of movies uh let me ask you before we move on to the star of the show i wonder who that's going to be um yeah. What did you like? What did you think of like Christopher Columbus's direction? Because this is our second Chris Columbus film on this podcast. Do you remember what our first one was? Uh, that was the first episode ever, right? Uh, Home Alone two. <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't go listen to it. Um, but yeah, we we were not good back then. <laughs> yeah. So, did you feel like he had like any influence on the style of the film, or did you kind of feel like it was a little bit by the numbers in terms of like in terms of the direction? I, I think that when uh, looking back on this film, the directions doesn't stand out almost at all. I, I mean, like agree. like I you said, he, he shot this like, you know, documentary style where like, you know, just run off the cuff. This is pretty much just a vehicle for Ron Williams and Christopher Columbus understood that. He understood the assignment. We didn't need a ton of visual touches or anything like that. Instead, roll the camera, 
let Ron Williams say whatever the fuck he wants, and we'll figure out this movie in the editing bay. And yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm not saying that's a, a negative against Columbus because like no. I, he has his like hallmarks, especially in like in like the Home Alone, and then in um in uh you know some of the, the early Harry Potter ones, like they're like the those two Harry Potter movies are so distinct from all the other ones, um and. Like, I do think Columbus's, like, biggest trait is, like, whimsicality. Like, I think he just nails that on the head. I think that's what he captures in a lot of his work, and at least the work that I've seen of his. Um, And, like, it's kind of here, but it's also a little more grounded uh, than Mm. some of his other work. But, like, in terms of a visual sense, there's nothing that, like, really stands out. Um, But it is very much just, like, hey, I know what I got here. Like, I don't got to do anything. Like, why why am I trying to impress anybody? I'm not the star of this movie. And speaking of the star of this movie, Tommy, speaking of the star of this movie, I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. Can I just tip my cap to my own transition there? Because I felt pretty good. Not going to lie. Yeah, that's that's good right there. Um Obviously, the star of the movie, Rob Williams. I mean, like, literally, uh, if we didn't have him in this movie, wouldn't be nearly as good. I mean, like, it, you know, you you couldn't see like someone like Bill Murray doing this or like you know, other comedic too, stars. He's too, too mean. Yeah, he's too mean. Like Robin Williams has like a genuine wholesomeness to him that just mm. like kind of comes across in most of his work. Uh, where does Mrs. Doubtfire, just as a performance, not the movie, where does it rank amongst Robin Williams' characters for you? I think probably within like the top ten. I mean, like I, uh, yeah. off the top, yeah. I mean, like off the top, top five. It's it's tough. It's tough to say because like sometimes I'm like it, like I would say he's better in Goodwill Hunting, but like Mrs. Doubtfire is probably like more. It's more fun in terms of like a character versus Sean, guy named Sean. You yeah. know, not not yeah. as no. not, not as fun <laughs> to to say. Well, exactly. Like his all time, like in terms of voice performance, obviously Genie and stuff like that. And it's great that we got to see him work off those chops too, right here, because he's put on a voice, obviously, the whole time of Mrs. Doubtfire. So, I mean, I think that's just a great, like, just star vehicle right here. And I don't really know if, like, we were to like do like a comedy vehicle like this, who would be even able to carry the torch from Ron Williams? But I don't think we have. There new... isn't. There is no. There is no one. Uh, I was yeah. literally thinking that when I was watching this, and I was like. Like there's there like Robin Williams passed away unfortunately nine years ago coming up on ten years um and yeah, like shit. there's nobody that's even come close to like you you'll never be able to replace Robin Williams but there's ultimately usually somebody that like at least does a pretty good you know has similar qualities and and like drawing a blank of somebody that could even come remotely close because like you can't make movies like this without a, a performer like that. Yeah, that has like a great sense of like, you know, humor, improv and uh, heart. I mean, obviously, like we have the Apatow clan, but like, I don't think they have as much heart as Ron Williams ever did. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Are you ready, comedy partner? All right. Now, Tommy, I want you to hear me out because I'm kind of formulating this in my brain right now. And it's probably bad, but just let me go with it here. Um, cause the, the uh, easy choice is going, well, you just replace everybody else with Muppets and even Robin Williams. But then when he puts on Mrs. Doubtfire, it's, it's just him in the suit, right? No, there's only one Muppet in this movie and it's Fozzie Bear. When, 
he went into Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, and I, I don't know why. And maybe it's just because like he's like a hack comic as a Muppet. And that's like what he's born to do. Like, I, I, and this is his performance of a lifetime. Like, I, I want to see it. Like, I, I don't know why that's the version of this movie in a Muppet adaptation form that I want to see. But that's the one I want to see. And I'm curious your thoughts on that, because this thought came to me yeah. as I was preparing to hit this button. Um, I mean, like, I think when we, we go into the Muppet version, I mean, like, this movie did have literally a puppet at one point. Um, it did, you know, when, towards the end, yeah. Towards the end, when he was on the kids' show and stuff like that. So, I mean, Rob Williams himself, I mean, I'm literally looking at a picture of him with the Muppets. I mean, I think you can make a, a version of this movie where it's just Miss Piggy as as Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, that, that's the obvious choice right there. <laughs> not as fun. Um, no, not as fun. It, what, like, what? it needs to be fuzzy. I don't know why it does. Maybe it's because Robin Williams is so hairy. <laughs> Uh, but like it just it needs to be and uh, I don't know why it's probably it's not the version a producer would go with but it's the one that I want right now <laughs> we just need a remake right there because Fozzie just like down as luck would be fucking hilarious too sing a rink a dink apartment <laughs> pretty much like Fozzie the in, in every Muppets iteration just kind of down on his luck comic uh, <laughs> would be a good transition uh, so Tommy Review time. Give me your th- score to five. So this is a fun little charming movie. I'm glad I finally saw it. Um, I thought it was going to be a little funnier, uh, getting around Williams' stature. But overall, I mean, his heart is felt throughout this movie. Um, I'm going to go 3.5 out of five. Uh, very fun watch. Uh, glad to watch it. But I think the humor could have been kicked up but maybe a little notch. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go three out of five here. Like I enjoyed it, and it's a Robin Williams vehicle. Like Sally Field, Pierce Brosnan, good performances, but they're all like all the other characters are very one dimensional in this. Like, like it's hmm. it's the Robin Williams show, and and they know what it is. Um, it it has some clever quips in it. Um, it, it it's a fun movie if you have kids and they haven't seen it. This is a nice one to put on on a Tuesday evening before they run off to bed scamper off to bed because it's fun and it's definitely something that like i like i can't picture any child not really not enjoying this movie like they 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 will enjoy this um and it's one of those great robin williams performances that we were blessed with uh during his career so three out of five for me 3.5 out of five for tommy any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode tommy yes so uh thank you guys so much listen you can follow us at scenic pod that's on twitter instagram uh tiktok and very occasionally threads uh, when's the last time when's the last time you posted on threads i think two weeks ago two or three weeks ago expired it's expired it's (laughs) It's expired at this point it's i mean granted i haven't posted on tiktok in a while either but (laughs) i I, yeah but tiktok's at least relevant still like we we have this spat at the end of every single episode (laughs) and i know you're just doing it now because like just just just, it's a bit it's a bit at this point it's a bit it's a bit at this point but it's just (laughs) like like because i started it the first time you're like and we're on threads i'm like why are we on threads who cares uh (laughs) so yeah I, if you're on there for some reason, just get off the platform. Don't support yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. We like the metaverse kind of been a flop. The threads a flop. Like I'm here for Zuckerberg failures. Uh, you've seen the social network, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, damn. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I've been on a kick recently. So. I know. I know you have. Uh, 
but I, I I don't know why I have a memory of seeing this in the theaters that in the theaters with you. I don't know if that's true, but I just feel like you were. There. I know I, I know I saw in the theaters. I don't know who I saw it with though. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just feel like it was you, and I'm just gonna say it is. Uh, yeah. But did uh, we're finalizing our holiday schedule? We will yeah, we're gonna out. be covering uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I know we have that on the on the docket. Um, you know, we we have confirmed Kiss Kiss Bang. Bang. Uh, we have that combo. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, we have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We might be doing another episode of It's a Wonderful Life because upstairs Steve hasn't seen it, but we'll see there. So <laughs> yeah, no, I no, we're doing it. It's not a, like <laughs> maybe we're doing it. It's like a no. It's like a doing. We it. are doing. Well, we got to do the Muppet version. <laughs> That's there is no Muppet version, which is there is is there, there is it's uh there's a version of like the Muppets where like there's like Muppet Christmas uh, special where it's Kermit says like what life would be like if I wasn't uh, ever born and then throughout the movie they don't show the twin towers and then in the flashback sequence they show the twin towers so did Kermit cost nine eleven you be the judge I, I don't know if this is real or if this is real or if you're just like trolling me really i'm not trolling because like because like at first i was like okay that makes sense like the story's public domain like there's no rights issues and then you're like yeah and then kermit flies by in one shot there's the twin towers and the other and then you're 9-11 bombing me and i'm just like what is this Tommy? (laughs) i'm not kidding there's literally a scene where it's just like throughout the movie before like he like wishes he's not born you can see that uh you don't see the twin tower uh or you see Whatever it is, but you fucking don't see the Twin Towers. And then when he is born, you see him. Uh, when he's not born, you see him. <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll show you the real. I'll show the real. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I blown I'm, your mind. <laughs> I No, you're not blowing my mind. I'm on edge right now because I just think you're messing with me, to be completely honest with you. I think you're trolling me right now. With this <laughs> no, I'm not trolling you. I, let me see if I can find the YouTube clip because I saw this on Instagram the other day. It was just like Kermit. Uh, all right. Which, people, all right. Now, yeah. now Anyways, this, this, yeah, is, this is the whole is, thing. Yeah. This is devolved to the point of I think Tommy's trolling me. But thank you all so much for listening uh, this week. We will see you next time.